let's, uh, let's talk a little bit of uh, today's subject, which is uh, basically being a dive pro. We, we decided to have this subject after we, we are receiving so many questions uh, from the last uh, uh, two uh, sessions and uh, quite interesting to, uh, to dig a little bit into that because people can uh, ask questions again. Uh, we, can, uh, we can definitely uh, see what, uh, what the, any question can come in regards to that and uh, see what is the future of a dive pro and etc. So let's, let's start a little bit on, on that right. subject. would be very pleased to, to share with you uh, your, my experiences and uh, uh, and see where we, we will land. So what was your uh, first uh, instructor job or dive pro job actually? So the first instructor job that I had was in the mid 90s in actually in the in the dive school that now is owned by uh, Miko that was on Tech Tuesday, Kotao Divers. <laughs> ah, interesting. Yeah, 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 it's a small world. Eh? So I was um, uh, yeah, mid-90s, I got my first instructor job there, and I was basically uh, doing any courses, some fun dives, being in the shop, and uh, that was my first instructor job that I was employed at Kotao Divers in the mid-90s. Ah, interesting. Eh? <laughs> and and, and <laughs> for me, it was actually uh, in another uh, time, I would say. <laughs> It was in 1986, in December, I landed in the Maldives and I had my first professional job, but I was more taking care of, uh, of uh, the snorkeling part. And in uh, November 87, I was the, an instructor and back to the Maldives and, uh, and that was my, my first uh, job, but it was way different than it is today, actually. <laughs> it, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very I simple life. I can imagine, and it's probably even it was different because it was 10 years before me, so it was even probably different from your time to mine and then to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, I mean, uh, you know, uh, for me, coming from a luxury Swiss, uh, good paid uh, job, uh, going into a diving uh, uh, adventure and uh, leaving everything. Uh, my, my, my very first job, I had. Uh, uh, $300 a month, uh, plus some commission, I have to admit, but I did not pay for uh, food, uh, uh, for uh, lodging, and uh, so basically the $300 were really on my pocket. <laughs> yeah, well, that's <laughs> Actually, my first job was $300 as well, but that was the year before I dive master for that same uh, dive school. So as an instructor at that time, I was making was commission based. It was making roughly forty thousand baht at the time. Yeah, let's say a thousand euros on average. Yeah, that's that's okay. Eh? No, no. But I had free fish and free rice, <laughs> I lunch didn't. and dinner, <laughs> and and that was that was good. I actually I lost nine kilos within uh, three months. <laughs> well, it's the best diet if you want to be actually to become a dive pro. Is the best diet. <laughs> well, maybe then, back then. Now I'm not so sure anymore because <laughs> some people are really uh, not, uh, you know, you, you can eat much uh, 
better, especially depending if you are in a resort and you can eat with uh, the same food that the tourists and you have this large buffet, then uh, I would say it's a big difference. You have really to, uh, uh, to be careful. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But, uh, but yeah, that was uh, my first job. It's a long time ago. And how is it there? What, what, uh, what, what was your, let's say, daily duty? So basically, um, well, if we go back to, to that job, because then in the meantime, I have many other jobs in having injury, but if we go back to that first instructor job, um, that was basically um, getting up pretty early um, because we did two morning dives, two afternoon dives. So you either had shop duty or boat duty and you had to be there for the opening of the shop, which was latest 7.30. So you had to get up at 6.30, 7 o'clock latest, go to the dive school and then take care of logistics either if you were in the shop, in the shop or on the boat, on the boat. If you had your course, your course. It was... Uh, pretty much a seven days a week job. Didn't feel like working, but it was at the time a seven day a week job. Um, and uh, uh, days would finish, yeah, that was okay. They would finish at five, six, depending on, on the logistics of the day. And then every, let's say three, four days, you had a night dive, so you would finish at eight. So it was, uh, really interesting it was multifaceted it was uh, many people of many different walks of life with many languages and a lot of hours of presence but i never felt that i was uh, working which we had on the last podcast already that discussion yes yes exactly exactly yeah well uh, and back in these uh, in this time uh, I, my daily routine was basically uh, because we were selling the courses uh, at the table or let's say discover or try scuba, whatever you wanted to, to name it. But uh, basically uh, also getting uh, in the center quite early, something like 7.30, uh, 8, then uh, you would prepare to go on the boat because uh, we did all uh, only boat dives. So we would do one dive in the morning, come back and do a course. Uh, usually open water course, uh, you would have a class then, and uh, then uh, you would go for lunch, uh, go back on the boat at, uh, at three, do the afternoon dive. Uh, we didn't do two dives uh, at, at the time, you know, uh, in the morning or the afternoon, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And then uh, after that, you would either, either go back in the water, do the second part of a course, uh, then you would have theory, <laughs> and and once or twice per week you had uh, you had uh, a night dive. So basically, it was uh, in between four to five dives per day, seven days a week, uh, plus theory because it was uh, nothing was digital back then. Yeah. And um, and the only day off basically was it when it was really raining a, ho a lot because you could not go out with the boat. So we were always uh, having a, a relaxing day when it was raining. <laughs> that, was, so you did, that was the situation. You didn't have, because like then, uh, about 13 years after you, I worked in the Maldives as well. And uh, you didn't have a scheduled day off because when I worked in the Maldives as an instructor, had the best 
best job in the world. I had always at least one day off, never worked more than from eight o'clock to five o'clock. I think I did in one season two night dives. No, 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 no. It was, uh, I think the, the, the first uh, part I did 10 months. Um, I had uh, maybe two or three days off uh, in these 10 months. That was it. Uh, that was uh, impossible to have uh, to have more, and then uh, uh, you would go on holiday, uh, two weeks, three weeks, come back and start again. That was that was the drill. So, uh, and uh, you know, it was not only one boat going out. For example, we had uh, I don't know two, three boats uh, going out uh, on the island. I was we had uh, uh, diving was actually included. So <laughs> even when it was raining, people had trouble to not dive. <laughs> I think that's not the case anymore. Diving is included in the Maldives. <laughs> that was a good concept, actually, I have to say. We're, uh, uh, we had a lot, a lot of courses, of course. All right. What did you it, like it most? Good. What did you like most about your, let's say, instructor job? Well, first of all, you had people from everywhere. Uh, I was in a resort where um, uh, where you had people coming from uh, from Australia, from Japan, from uh, Europe, uh, basically uh, almost everywhere in Europe. No Spanish people at that time, a lot of Italians, Swiss, Germans, uh, people from the UK. And uh, it was the mix of the culture, mix of the, uh, the, I would say the type of the people that you had, you know, you had really from different professions, you have, uh, uh, we had uh, some pilots, of course, because when they were flying to the Maldives, they had uh, one week before they had the next flight to go back. So, <laughs> so they had really a good time at that time. Uh, so made a lot of people, uh, flight attendants uh, and, and, and pilots. Uh, so the, the exchange, the social exchange, was definitely the, the best part. Uh, the, the, the talks, the, the people you would meet from everywhere. So that that was what fascinated me. I would say outside of the job, and and of course there were some days you were maybe also, you know, uh, because every week you had always the same uh, questions coming back. How long have you been here? Why you choose to come here? Uh, and <laughs> so you had the, sometimes to be also. Uh, uh, innovative in the way you would answer but uh, we did also much more um, presentations in the evening about uh, about the course about the marine life about the uh, corals so and people would really come and sit in the, let's say in the bar and you would do this presentation uh, before dinner and it was also always full house so so it was really enjoyable to do this type of presentations actually I like that a, a lot yeah, well, I think what about you? I think it's the same for me. Outside of the of the diving, I really uh, liked the diving itself, obviously a lot. But uh, meeting all these people from all different walks of life was very interesting. And if if you know me as a private person back home, I might be sometimes a little bit shy and introverted and not talk too much. But I always found it fascinating that I really liked the the social side of, of the job. I, on the boat, on the way to the dive site, on the way back, I, I really like to talk to people and it would really take a long time until I get tired of the same questions because basically you, you 
they live a little bit a dream through you when they ask these questions. So you have to give them a good experience. So I think uh, you do that basically. So uh, I really like the social part a lot, obviously outside of the diving, which is, is the main driving factor in the beginning. But then uh, you have to find also other things or you probably will not stay that long in the industry. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's another thing that I really liked. It was, uh, you know, the fact you would take somebody in the water and um, no matter uh, how old, how, uh, uh, which uh, it was a, a woman or a man that played absolutely no role. But, uh, you know, the, the first uh, breaths underwater, they would have these open eyes and, and you know, surprised eyes and then uh, really be uh, mastering the, the skills to be breathing underwater. And I, that has always fascinated me to take people underwater and see their first reaction and actually bring them to a level that they could really dive on their own. Uh, that has been uh, something that was always and is still something really uh, phenomenal. I think this is really special that you cannot get, I think, uh, in any other sport, actually. Yeah, I think I might say because we, we both made a career and went, let's say, up the ladder. And I think nothing up to now beats actually that when you uh, get the reaction of the people that are the first time underwater. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So this is this is quite uh, interesting. But of course, that was in the past, and and uh, yeah. uh, things change. Eh? And uh, what do you think? How did he evolve? Actually, how did the job uh, of the professional uh, evolve uh, since we we started? Uh, what is your impression here? Well. Well, it's actually quite interesting because I can say my part, uh, which goes back 20, 25 years, and then you can add another 10 years afterwards <laughs> because you started earlier. <laughs> um, well, I think some things don't change. I think what we just discussed, that um, people are still mesmerized and amazed about what they discover that was before, that is still now. Um, but to be a dive professional and to work as a dive professional has definitely in, uh, evolved. Um, probably nowadays you have to be even more multifaceted uh, than you were back in the days, let's say. Um, nowadays, as a dive instructor, you definitely have to be social media savvy a little bit. I mean, you don't have to be a genius but you have to know your social medias. I think dive centers will expect you to have your own channels of social media when they employ you. Um, so you, I know of dive centers that want to employ only instructors that have their own website. You can, you can argue about that, that it's good or bad, but definitely nowadays a dive professional has to be, let's say tech or social media savvy. Um, I think the, Etiquette, the mannerism and professionalism might have changed a little bit as well, in my opinion. If in the mid-90s to early 2000, it was more accepted and even cool to be a little bit of an adventurer and maybe a little bit, a lot laid back, 
I think nowadays, even in backpacker places, there's more and more dive centers that start to look how you behave on social media, how you present yourself. You might have to do with high profile customers. So I think the personal etiquette, attitude and mannerism um, evolved as well. And it's definitely a tougher uh, platform to go on. Uh, I think there's more people competing for jobs now. So you have to stand out. So you have to, well, sorry, as we say, get your finger out and work for it. And uh, so I think these are things that changed. What's your take on that one? I think when, when I started, really, it was... Uh depending on on your uh, let's say background it was quite easy to get a job uh, as an instructor at that time in many places of the world but if you did not have maybe some uh, some skills and that will be the, the next uh, question basically but uh, you had really to uh, to be open-minded you needed to be ready to live um, Especially when I talk about uh, the Maldives, but I went also to uh, to uh, Egypt, I went to Italy and uh, in, in these different places of the world. But uh, you basically had to be uh, ready to to have a different kind of life at that time. You, for example, uh, Maldives, it was pretty uh, simple, really. You you could not say tonight I go to the cinema or tonight I go in a restaurant. You were on an island and you were on this island and you had no way to escape. Plus the job was different in the way that you really had to stay with the guest. So uh, if you did not like, like that part and you would just uh, hide in your uh, room, you would be pretty alone, I would say, and you would uh, have uh, had difficulty to... Uh, to maintain your position because the, any dive center was really seeking a personnel that was, let's say, uh, open to uh, to acquire new uh, new customers, to run courses, to promote excursions, whatever. And, and I think that was back then. If I compare today in the Maldives, for example, uh, in, in all of these uh, five-star resorts, actually, you are not... Uh, you are not allowed to go from table to table. You are not allowed to basically be at the bar with the with the customers. You need to have a certain, uh, I would say, social distance, and uh, and you 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 don't have this type of relationship anymore. So you are usually uh, in a, in a staff quarter, and and uh, this is not a luxury life uh, either. But uh, you 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 are in a luxury resort, and you cannot take advantage of that. So. I've seen this type of, uh, of situations. So the, definitely this has been a change on how you position yourself and, and how you, you, uh, you act as an instructor uh, in, in different places of the world. I don't know, Thailand, for example, you have uh, as you, a small, uh, you have your room, an apartment, whatever you, you, you have, and you have a different uh, social life. You, you can... Uh, have much more outside of your daily job and you are not in a resort locked with your customers. So it yeah. depends always where, uh, where you are, but uh, uh, and it depends also how you act. If, if you have a very good relationship with your, with, uh, your customers, with your students uh, while teaching them or while guiding them, then of course you have in any 
kind of situation, you can have more or less contact with them. And yeah. so it's, it's, I would say, up to the instructor to be really open-minded, to be really open and, and uh, going towards them and have a very good social uh, relationship, which you can really take advantage of it because I know many, many instructors, they, they maybe started as an instructor, maybe they changed their far after had so many relationships in different places of the world. They were hired in different positions. They were hired also as instructor or whatever. So you have so many uh, openings that you will have because being an instructor is such a multifaceted job. And uh, yeah. so that, that, that was, uh, that, that's certainly what has changed. So it becomes always, or it comes always back to the person at the end. Uh, but there are a lot of skills that are needed nowadays uh, also to be a, an instructor. So uh, yeah, I have my idea, but I would like to hear what you think about it. All right. So let's let's take this question, and then I see uh, there is some some questions. We go over the questions in the chat after after the next question. Well, skills that you need, in my opinion, uh, there there's many. Um, I think you need to have uh, languages. And that doesn't mean if you only speak English, you will not find uh, a job. Uh, I know many people that found jobs that have only English, but as an additional bonus, languages, and you can learn one or two languages. If you're uh, lucky and you grew up with languages, that's, uh, that's a bonus. But uh, languages is definitely a skill that uh, is good. Then uh, I think you have to be organized. You have to be able to organize and multitask because there's many things that you will have to do in uh, in diving in diving activities then you have to have definitely interpersonal skill and uh, that's maybe a little bit a tough one because <clears throat> you can learn etiquette mannerisms and interpersonal skills but also you are who you are so you have to be a people's persons. I think if you hate people, uh, you will not become a good diving instructor. <laughs> so so interpersonal, <laughs> interpersonal yes. skills, definitely. Um, and then uh, anything that can add to your CV, which could be mechanical skills, if you can service regulators, if you can service compressors, if you can drive boats. So that is all uh, basically uh, a plus, but one thing, honestly, that everybody can have, and it's not a skill by such that you learn, and what is most important is the attitude. If you have the right attitude, you can make up for a lot of things that you don't have yet and that you can acquire. I mean, not everybody becomes an instructor and is a mechanic, speaks three languages, and it has super etiquette and interpersonal skills. But you can become an instructor and learn a language, take a technician course, and have the right attitude, and you will succeed. And this didn't change over time. This is still an important factor, I think. Or what's your take? Well, I wanted to talk about the attitude, but you steal my words now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, Sorry. Any, but it is really like that. I think you can learn anything in life. Anything uh, on any job, uh, it may take uh, more or less time. But if you don't have the right attitude, no matter how many skills you have, you will probably never be hired either. 
so, so of course, to be hired if you if you have the languages, you open a lot, a uh, lot of doors. Uh, personally, I learned. Actually, I learned three languages being a, a diving instructor. Uh, yeah. And uh, maybe I don't speak perfectly all these languages, but uh, I didn't need to go and take courses on languages because I was able really to first learn the, the vocabulary through the, let's say, the diving boat vocabulary. It was, it was pretty easy. And once you had that, then, of course, you can enhance your vocabulary and, and start to speak. And, and if you are not shy to, to make uh, mistakes, then uh, definitely you have a lot of uh, of uh, opportunities to to talk and use these languages this is what what some people miss when they come back let's say to a let's say a normal uh, i would say office life in europe and they may not find a job where they can use these languages so it becomes very uh, difficult uh, i i had I, I used to say i have two left hands uh, i was absolutely not in my world with mechanical skills but i learned how to let's say uh, start a compressor again when it was uh, somehow broken i learned to uh, to work with the regulators so that you can learn can uh, go to some course. so uh, i also think this is an asset if you if you have this uh, this will also to learn a, a little bit of new things and it, it, it's open such a wide uh, wide world because you can use everything in this uh, in this business and um, uh yes if if you are in a if you end up by working in the let's say in a luxury resort then you definitely have to have a certain etiquette you have some rules and uh, because you are from the diving world you may not go to the hotel uh, schools so maybe you do not learn how to behave how to uh, to do that so uh, in some resorts, you, you really have to do, go through uh, this type of education first. So you have to be open for such a change. And uh, the more you, you are ready to, be, to act normal and have the right attitude, the more closer you come also to these kind of people that are really even some, some are really super rich and in different situations. You have, uh, I don't know, actors, actresses, uh, uh, formal one drivers you name it you have such a wide uh, audience there but uh, it, it opens so many things but you have to really be having this attitude this is definitely uh, this is definitely what is needed and yeah. uh, uh, you have to be humble as well i think uh, because uh, teaching diving yeah you have maybe someone that may be uh, learning very fast you may be having somebody that is shy of uh, of the water and has some fears um you may be having somebody that's that is super rich and still has to master all the skills and you cannot just certify someone because he has money uh, so you have to have a, a a line of conduct you have to respect yourself you have to respect some rules because at the end of the day you go in the water and you will release a, a certification for someone that uh, that has to master all these skills and you want to make sure that they are safe in the water so at the end it's always your personal brand that is uh, uh, let's say on the, on the certification card so so uh, i think this this has a high value and uh, some instructors should never undervalue themselves for that uh, matter um, yes, yes. So that, I think definitely. this is this, this definitely are some uh, of the skills that I think are super important in this uh, in this industry. Yeah, and I think, as you said, <clears throat> with the right attitude, 
these skills that you might not have, you even learn them while on the job. And that's the interesting part. So let me quickly have a look. Yes, because I, I have trouble seeing the questions actually. Yeah, I opened my, my phone actually. So, hello, hello. Oh, many, many, uh, now I can. Uh, so many now known uh, people from all over the world. Uh, very nice. Yeah, that's actually cool. So, Oh, okay. All right. I think first is Donna Donlin. Do you think there should be a time period between assistant instructor and instructor? Say, like, get some experience points or so many refreshes or help with so many classes. I think the SSI program is good, but to go from assistant instructor to instructor in a week or two is a little fast. Okay, that's one of the things we hear a lot. Do you want to take it first or you want me to take it? Well, listen, I think in, in the whole diving industry from the professional organizations, uh, at the end, um, we all have minimum standards. And of course, you can go by the standard and so on. But what is important is to realize that it, everything is performance-based. And, you know, you could be uh, like now, let's say in Switzerland, and you are not able to do uh, uh, more than, uh, let's say, three dives a week because, uh, let's say, the logistic is complicated. Uh, you have to drive to a lake and maybe the, the, the visibility is so bad and maybe you can really do one or two dives per week or three dives per week which is already quite a, a number of dives. And uh, you can be in a resort situation where you really have the opportunity to dive every day and sometimes several times a day. So it's, it makes a big difference. You can have in two weeks, you can have a, a, a lot of dives actually. And maybe somebody would have the same number of dives in three months or four months. So um, I think uh, my personal opinion, I have seen people that did... Uh, uh the the courses in short time but they were so uh, so good and uh, in the water they were performing absolutely uh, uh fantastically and i've seen people they they waited two years become before becoming an instructor between a dive master for example and then uh being an instructor and uh, when you would take an instructor examination you would see sometimes these differences and and if you would look only on the paper uh, you would maybe have a, a wrong impression. So I think you, you have already to rely on the system and see what, how is the person performing? That's my opinion. All right. Well, nothing to add that because the standards have to cover a wide variety of possibilities. And uh, so perfectly explained. <laughs>